0: Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed, on purpose, because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Okay, let's start with a little warm-up, and the warm-up is... um, what is one thing that you're struggling with these days?
1: Ooh. Um, one thing that I'm struggling with these days, which is something I'm always struggling with. I don't think it's like a new thing. Um,
0: what, okay, okay. What's one thing? I'm going to tighten the vice a little bit. What's one thing that you're struggling with these days um, that have nothing to do with um, raising a child?
1: Right. So one thing I'm struggling with these days that's not something new is... Based on kind of upbringing and um, you know, I think conditioning and wiring and all that stuff. Um, I have a really hard time celebrating myself mm. and like finding real excitement and joy. And um, so, with our like book coming out and kind of like potential of exciting yes, your projects, birthday, your birthday oh, my coming this Friday, on Friday right? End, yeah. Okay. Um, I have to like be reminded by people in my life that these things are like exciting and and worthy of like celebration and there's a reason i think why i bring people into my life that i do like my best friend Zanae is one of them who is like this like giddy cheerleader like oh my god this is amazing and i'm like not like that because we
0: all all need a friend like that because because i
1: like need her to emote for me so
0: So, uh two quick questions before we get to your questions one where do you think that comes from why is it a struggle for you to celebrate yourself
1: uh, I think partly it's because I I was like a printified child, and so I, right. um, you know, the, taking care of others. Yeah, and so the the lack of play happened really early on, so um, dropping into that is difficult for me. But also, I'm I'm like more of like the well, and this also is printified child, but like I'm more of like the linear planning for when things go wrong, waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, getting excitement, getting excited and lost in the moment of celebration of self to me feels frivolous. It feels dangerous mm, Yeah. Um, because it feels like why bother getting excited about this thing when it could potentially go south and then I'm going to feel stupid or that I'm going to regret, you know, feeling excited or.
0: This is really interesting because Vanessa and I are um, opposites in a lot of ways. And so I'm the youngest as far as sibling position. I grew up, um, with an umbrella. So my brother being the oldest, um, shielding me from responsibilities. And so I have no problem celebrating myself. In fact, I think I celebrate myself too much. Friday's coconut oil. No, like, like if something comes, like I'll go grab the mail. And if it's a good piece of mail, let's celebrate. Um, anything that happens, let's celebrate. Let's go out to eat, uh, stuff like that. And so, um, I wonder if for me, because celebrating for me can be almost a way to escape, um, there, there's, a, there's addiction in my blood. So celebration to me is a fine line because um, it, it could be unhealthy for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't have a problem being like, yeah, let's go to dinner and celebrate this thing. I actually think it's more of like an internal sense of celebration of self. So, all oh,
0: right, You know what I mean? Right, it's right. like,
1: I can externally celebrate. Like, you don't need to give me any excuse to go to a restaurant. Clearly, yeah, it's like food is my food love thing, language. Yeah. But um, it's this like, it's this feeling of joy. And also part of my work is realizing that like, I might not, I most likely will not ever be the kind of person that, like, runs into the room and is like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, like, it's just not part of my personality at this stage in the game being almost 40. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be that person. Um, And so for me, I think the work is just being really aware of what I'm not allowing myself to feel or, you know, just getting, like, really – intimate with the kind of internal sensation. Okay, that. so now that I have sense?
0: something to tighten uh, as far as tightening a vice. So my question to you is this, because you are you don't celebrate yourself a lot and you're not like, like you said, you don't run into the room and, you know, like you jump the, up and Yeah, yeah, wave and, your hands in the air. Um, and I'm also not like a smiley person as well, right? But because of that, I wonder, in, so in romantic relationships, does that affect that as well? So mm-hmm. um, you're not gonna kick the door down and you know jump on me that kind of um, does your excitement in in romantic relationships manifest in a different way because you're not like the whole you know cheery Hands in the, which is ironic because you used to be a cheerleader.
1: Well, but that's different though. <laughs> I mean, you've seen like I'm still a bubbly person. I'm yeah. still talkative and I laugh easily and I'm very easily amused. Like, but you're I,
0: grounded. Th-
1: but I'm very grounded, yeah. and again, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? No, I mean, I'm thing. also a Taurus, and um, I'm I've spent many many years practicing mindfulness and meditation. So there's a component to that that I I actually like about myself, yeah. you know. Um, So I don't know what the answer is. It's like, what is the balance between being a very grounded person and being somebody who can just be like jumping up and down in pure excitement? I'm not sure. How does it manifest in my relationship? I mean, I actually think I have a hard time even celebrating my partner.
0: Me. In in this
1: instance, you, not that I don't celebrate you. I think I have a hard time. Um, like I'm not a words of affirmation person. Right. Right.
0: Right. That's more of a love language thing. But But
1: also like, that's for myself. Like I have a hard time with words of affirmation for myself. So of course I would also have a hard time with words of affirmation for you. Right. Like I have a really hard time being like, Oh my God, you're phenomenal. You did this wonderful thing. Like it's so difficult for me to say it to both myself and to others. And not just you, my, my friend relationships. The only person I don't find myself having a hard time with words of affirmation is with Logan. It comes very easily for me.
0: See, that kind of makes me jealous. And it also makes me feel like, well, if you have the ability to do it, why aren't you pointing that at me? Because if it comes naturally for, why is it that it comes naturally for Logan? I don't Logan? know, maybe
1: it's deeper than that. It, it probably has something to do with, like, fear abandonment issues, you know, like all the things that go underneath romantic safe. relationships. And Logan's like, not going to leave you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think thing. it's that simple, but I, partly, I mean, I think our relationship is so unfiltered, raw, there's no prior baggage because of past hurts and relationships. Like it's very yeah, unfiltered yeah. It's, and uh, pure. Logan's
0: a clean canvas. Yeah, it's pure. Nothing's tied. And she's pure,
1: you know, so, um, you know, it's like a clean slate on this planet.
0: I think many people. Uh, that's why they're so loving to their animals, and they will do anything for their animals. Um, right. Then, when it comes to their partner,
1: they're like I well. read something about that. Like, is is true? Unconditional love is the only time. Some, the headline was like, "Is the love with our pets really the only experience we will ever have of unconditional love?" Mm. And I was like, I mean, if what we're talking about is true, then yeah, probably. No how,
0: how can I um, celebrate you more? No, no, no. That, that, that sounds uh, that's like that's coming from me. How can, how do you want to be celebrated by me? Besides the uh, $4 chocolate cake I just ordered for you for your birthday. <laughs> Besides food. Besides food. Yeah, how do you want to be <laughs> celebrated um, by me?
1: I actually think you do a really good job at celebrating me. I think you and Danae both being in my life are very important. Um, I have other friends that are like that too. But um, verbally... Telling me the things that I have a hard time accessing about myself. I think, and I, th- I probably have said something similar before. The, the words of affirmation that land the hardest for me, meaning the best. Um, like recently in my Mother's Day card, you wrote something like, something along the lines of like, I see how hard you work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and that makes me emotional.
0: Why? I do see how hard you work. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> I do see how hard you work, and um, sometimes it makes me feel guilty, but I see you with Logan. I see uh, when you're um, with our daughter, everything goes away. She's front and center, um, so it checks me often. Um, that I think feels like that, a,
1: powerful, a more powerful words of affirmation than, like, you're beautiful, you're amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I think... Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that
1: I don't want to hear that I'm beautiful, <laughs> but... I just think that that's, and maybe again, like, because I am an acts of service person and I'm like that left brain, like, you know, I got to be the one that takes care of everybody. Like it, it almost feels better to hear the recognition of what I'm constantly doing in my mind all the time. You so know, so like maybe scene, that's being how, seen.
0: that's how you want to be celebrated is acknowledged for, uh, the hard work that you do or for the lack of sleep and, you know, pushing through the day, um, maybe a lot of that has gone unseen in your life. So um, you being celebrated means um, me acknowledging your hard work. And not just Logan, you know, uh, hard work with um, this book, hard work with whatever you are doing, you know.
1: Yeah. Woo, I was not planning on getting emotional, you guys.
0: <laughs> hey, I wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium You not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to TheAngryTherapist.com forward slash premium. Okay, let's get to your questions. We have three. Okay. All right.
1: This should be uh, an easy one, if you will, because I have, we both have very clear stances on this. My boyfriend and I still haven't said, I love you. I'm ready. How long should I wait?
0: Oh, real quick, let me just answer. Someone says, how do I sign up for the book club? Um, go to any of our bio links and uh, click on It's Not Me, It's You, the book. And uh, just um, send us D- DM, email us the receipt, and you are in the book club. And will yeah, we'll you send link. you. We'll
1: send you the email yep. of the person who's going to be kind of responsible. <laughs> Sorry, Lucille. It's a little um, bit
0: of a. Um, um, well, we've
1: never done it before, so it, we're kind of figuring out as Hunt. we go. Yeah, yeah. You, if you send us the the receipt image, we will send you the person's info that's going to be letting you know about the book club details.
0: We will send smoke signals. On May... (laughs) The bat
1: signal will go up. Okay. Okay. So my boyfriend and I still haven't said, I love you. I'm ready. How long should I wait? You shouldn't wait.
0: Yeah, you know... um, (laughs) That's my answer. Stop waiting. My answer is kind of mean, and it's um, a question, and it's, um, what are we, in high school? No, that's just It's kind
1: of mean, but it's... (laughs) I mean, but it's true in the sense of, like...
0: Holding uh, on to... Basically playing chess, right? So... Yeah, right. Strategizing. If you feel something um, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's vulnerable. You might not get the return, but if you're setting up the pattern of what you go first and then I'll go, then the relationship is going to be contingent. It's going to be a chess game. Right. So let go of that.
1: Also, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that if you say it first, he's going to say, I don't feel the same way and the relationship's going to end because then you're currently in a relationship with somebody. Like, do you even want to be in that relationship then to begin with? Right. Like start questioning, the reason why there's fear there, um, and what kind of relationship you really want to have, right? Like, I don't know if it's just season in my life, but I am in this place in my life where I'm like, I'm not fucking waiting anymore, man. Like, this is my one life. I'm so over, like, tiptoeing around, waiting for somebody else's response, strategizing how I show up based on, like, no. Vanessa said, <laughs> I,
0: Vanessa looked me in the eye and said, I love you before dessert came on our first date.
1: So not true, by the and way. And I
0: said, Wow. It's a little fast, but I, I respect the transparency. It's not how it happened. <laughs> and then my return didn't come until last week, so we're four years in. So And she's okay with that.
1: So. not how it happened.
0: Okay, next question.
1: My partner has a much larger sexual past than I was led to believe. How yeah. do I overcome this?
0: So um, this is actually really common, and my go-to answer is... Um,
1: it's none of your business.
0: Yeah, uh, you can't... We're
1: being very mean today, but I'm kind of here for it.
0: You can't hang uh, someone's sexual history over their head. Right. Um, Who they were, how they behaved before they met you... uh,
1: have nothing to do with you. It
0: has nothing to do with you. You have to accept them for who they are now. You know?
1: Now here's the thing, where I where I'm assuming somebody's going to go with this is yes, but if they lied about it to me, then is that like some kind of indicator of their character? Like sure. are they not trustworthy? And sure. like so that I can understand, and I'm still going to rebuttal that with more questions. Think about it from their perspective. Are they ashamed? Do they maybe not admit to it because they're embarrassed and they wanted you to see them in a certain light and not see them in a certain light, right? I think if we can approach this with curiosity and with compassion for the why, it becomes less about like, oh, this person's clearly a liar and more about like, maybe there's some shame there. And if I'm compassionate around that, then I can have a deeper conversation with my partner that actually has nothing to do with the amount of sexual experience they have, but has more to do with their relationship to shame and embarrassment, just in general. What an amazing, intimate, vulnerable conversation that could lead to such a deeper understanding and respect for each other as people.
0: There's a um, there's a line of ownership in that. Oh, before you met me, you had you know X amount of partners. Okay, that doesn't fit into my should or narrative. what a my narrative, my what a mm-hmm. uh, you know a girlfriend boyfriend looks like. Let's talk about this. Explain. (laughs) Give me an explanation, which you don't have to, right? Right. Um, Yeah, I I feel like it's a privilege for you to hear your partner's past, sexual past story. And if you don't hold it with two hands, chances are they're not going to trust you and say other things. So now they're going to hide shit from you. So um, that being said, but also, look, I'm human. I understand. um, You know, it's easier for me to say this at age 49 than when i was 20 because when i was 20 of course i was jealous i was controlling um you know um if someone had a uh, I don't know a, a sexual past that i you know um that i, I didn't see as uh quote-unquote normal or healthy then i would judge it
1: hmm. you know so i also think this leads into this idea of like that we somehow are owed something by the people that we choose to be in relationship with like like yeah neither one of you owes either person anything. Like we're not owed anything. You don't own me. I don't own you. This is going into a relationship with some kind of like currency. Like it's an exchange based relationship. So many of our relationships. this is codependency. Like so many of our relationships are based on an exchange. I give you this, you give me this. Right. Um, And that is not the way to build an intimate relationship. Right. This is, this is so much what I'm working on with myself and with couples around moving from codependency to interdependency is like, you don't own them. They don't owe you anything.
0: Hey, I want to insert something real quick. This is called a message in a bottle. I used to do it often when I was a nonprofit and blogging, the mailman just waved to me. And the other day he waved to me and said, Hey, I listened to your podcast because my garage door is open and he saw the poster on the wall. And so if he's listening to this, he's going to be like, Oh, I just waved to him the other day. And now, (laughs) now I'm hearing it as I'm going on a walk, thinking about my own life. Anyway. Um, Oh, to the uh, mailman, thank you for uh, waving at us and our mail and uh, the service. Taking care of us. Yeah, service you do. Okay, so okay. next question. Is this it, is the last one.
1: Um, <laughs> this one's kind of funny to me. Is it normal to feel like being in a relationship is more stressful than being single?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. And hey, let's... Uh, that is you know, very normal. And, and, you know, when we're single, it's like all we want to do is be in a relationship, but... It's like we play back, oh, what, what it's going to be like to kiss someone and to do nothing with someone and I want someone to go eat with and you, all these great things, but you don't play back when you're single all the hard shit that comes in having a relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You yeah, know? I mean the it's- activation.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's the thing. I think a lot of us think that relationships are going to come in and be this, like, balm for our souls, and that's actually not the purpose of relationships. Whether we're talking romantic relationships, any relationship, that is actually not the purpose. Relationships are here to challenge us and help us grow.
0: It sounded like you said balm. Balm. Like lip balm.
1: Balm, yeah. Balm for our soul, like a soothing balm, right?
0: right? Bengay.
1: Yes, and that is... That is, again, that's kind of like a sickness of our culture. It's like the expectation that, like, it's the Jerry Maguire, you complete me bullshit. We expect relationships to be rainbows and butterflies. We don't look at relationships as an amazing opportunity to grow and dig deeper into ourselves. But unfortunately, we can't do that without some harsh mirror looking, right? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's, I I found it to be way easier being single than being in relationships.
0: Easier, but also what did you enjoy about being single?
1: Um, I didn't always have to own my shit. I didn't have that mirror right, constantly right. held up to me. You know, I could just do me all the time. I could be selfish. I could be avoidant as hell. I could, you know, go out and meet a guy and take him home and like not question like the why or like why am I doing that? Why am I self soothing this? None of that shit. You know what I mean? Um, it's like the Ram, Dass, the famous Ramdas quote when he says, "If you think you're an enlightened being, go spend a weekend with your family." Right. The point is, is that you can be a monk sitting in a cave somewhere by yourself and think that you're enlightened. The second you go home and you're around relationships, it reminds you oh, that you're not enlightened. Yeah. Right.
0: That's a family relationships. is a whole nother, nother in level. general relationships, yeah. period. Like yeah. that's
1: that's the purpose they serve, I guess. is my point.
0: Uh, singlehood. Uh, there are. Um, pros and cons um, but yep. I'm always I mean I'm always encouraged to or reminding myself to give singlehood a cape because mm-hmm. I think in our world singlehood uh, is uh, labeled as defective you're not, not complete really. you're less than um, what's wrong with you and yes of course there are moments of singlehood where um, you are lonely you're experiencing loneliness not you are lonely but you're experiencing the feeling of it. And of course, there are times that you want to do nothing with someone or to, you know, um, share your body and all that. But overall, man, um, there, there, if you're single now and you're listening to this or watching this, um, you're not going to be single forever. So there's... Uh, um, a limited the ticking clock isn't your age it's the fact that um, you won't be single forever so take advantage of this time and go do whatever do the, you. The, yeah uh, travel go learn new things
1: watch whatever you want on TV yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no arguments over the remote control or with, what restaurant
0: um, one con let's end with one concept from our book One of the concepts in our book, uh, you want me to pick or you want me to pick? You pick. We talk a lot about swimming past the breakers, and uh, in our book, we go through this um, not only with uh, stories from our clients but with ourselves. And so, one of the themes in our relationship is we had to both swim past the breakers. Um, the breakers uh, is, is the uh, shore break, the the chaos, right? The waves. Beyond that, the ocean is pretty calm it's it's the It's the breakers that make um make us think that the ocean is um crazy rocky hmm. so what were the breakers for you right mm-hmm. uh and then how did you swim past them with us so uh, and, and if you can make it kind of quick
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the first breaker for her, I'll tell you, was my ambivalence yeah. Yeah.
1: So the breaker for me was not being immediately and kind of unequivocally chosen. So yeah. in my previous relationships, whether they were healthy or not, I always knew that I was chosen, that I was desired. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was adored. Actually, I actually had a client use that word the other day and I was like, ooh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like I knew that I was adored. Um and I didn't feel that with you. And it was an immediate sense of like, oh, well, clearly this isn't it. But then yes. when I realized that I had had that experience in all my prior relationships and clearly they had not panned out the way that I kind of wanted them to, um, it forced me to stick around and swim swim a little bit harder or deeper. Do you
0: think sometimes further. couples, um, um, one chooses the other in, in you know, stretches and then it flips and then the other person... It's almost like, you know, when you're in a relationship and one person wants a kid and the other one doesn't and then it flips and that person wants a kid. Well, Pursuer Distancer, right? Yeah, Pursuer w-
1: Distancer is a really common thematic that shows up in relationships.
0: Because with with us, I find um, today, like I, I'm more attracted to, to you today than, more er- than ever before. Yeah, um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I find myself choosing you, thinking about you constantly. When we first started... Uh, Speaking of singlehood, I was on my singlehood journey, and I was um, skipping along, and I wanted to um, do a lot of things that I didn't get to do in my 20s, you know? And so, uh, because I've been in relationships most of my life, and so I just happened to meet Vanessa at an unexpected time, and I wasn't um, done—I don't know if it's sowing my oats, but I wasn't done being single. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of the ambivalence. I thought, oh, shit— now, if I commit to Vanessa, this is it because I didn't want to have another, you know, three, four-year relationship. I, I, I thought whoever I meet next is going to be the person that um, I, I build a life with, right, and possibly have ch- a child with. And so um, that was scary for me. Yeah. And so that's why there was uh, that whole push, uh, you know, I love you, get away. So that was a breaker for her. For me, um, one of the breakers that uh, I had to swim past was our difference in um, love languages. So I, uh, words of affirmation, uh, that kind of thing. Um, Vanessa is more acts of service. So that difference um, was new to me and I had to swim past that. And and it doesn't mean to ignore it. It means to look at it, to understand it, to adjust, uh, to see the good in it, right? To see um, that there's actually, um, there's, Beauty in the contrast, which is also something we talk about in the book, and then swimming past that, um, of course, made me um, accept her more. So instead of throwing color dye at what's different and marking it and labeling it and judging it, instead seeing her our differences as um, as beautiful and as complementary. So question for you as we leave, um, what what is it, whether you're in a relationship now or your last relationship, um, what does swimming past the breakers look like for you? Uh, What is something that you are working through that you know if you swim past, it's going to produce more glue and the relationship will have more legs, uh, it will be healthier, it will be better, it will be stronger if you swim past this? So not ignore, but work through. And also, if you're not in a relationship, then maybe your friendships, right? This is something that um, um, uh, applies to any relationship. If you've enjoyed this episode and you want to engage with Vanessa and I directly, we're running our second ever couples retreat in Idlewild, California, September 9th weekend. And we're going to cover everything from...
1: You almost said first, you almost said it was our first retreat. I saw you, and then you corrected yourself.
0: You're wasting valuable (laughs) ad space time by correcting me. So, as you can see, we still are working on our own issues Uh, codependency,
1: recovering from codependent behaviors within our relationships, which everybody struggles with, everybody.
0: Attachment styles.
1: Over-functioning and under-functioning and how that damages relationships.
0: Love languages.
1: Keeping the spark alive, so maintaining eros and desire.
0: Loving without your past. And a lot of how concepts... Fight
1: without fighting, that's a good one.
0: A lot of uh, concepts from our book, It's Not Me, too. So just uh, go to my Instagram and tap my bio link. We're only taking 11 couples. So if you're in- into this, I would... Uh, Try to reserve a seat as soon as you can. At The Angry Therapist, hit my bio link and you will see it there. And we will see you in the woods.